Welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. I'm Steve Buchanan, along with my co-host, Julian Edlow, as we start to get you ready for week 14 in the NFL. Back to two shows uh, starting this week, too, as well, since Julian was able to grace us with his presence back from paternity mm. leave. Um, so second week in a row, you haven't made any rash decisions. You're still here uh, with us to do these podcasts here. And we're going to get into everything and anything to do with week 14, all the betting angles. And, of course, we'll be back on Thursday with the guests going over the board fully. But we're going to get Johnny Avello on in just a few minutes here. But uh, Julian, no real uh, big upsets this week. I think really the name of or the storyline from last week was a was a rash number of injuries that occurred uh, during the Sunday slate, mainly with the quarterback position. Jimmy Garoppolo expected to miss uh, the rest of the season. Lamar Jackson going down here. Uh, and obviously that's going to affect the board. And we'll talk about that in a little bit here. But any uh, quick takeaways from week 13? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of interested what this means for... Ravens futures, Lamar Jackson's not supposed to miss much time. And Tyler yeah. Huntley is probably one of the better backups in the NFL. And one of the backups that kind of uh, the way he plays can fit right in. You can plug him in for Lamar Jackson. Um, whereas other teams, you know, a quarterback goes down like a Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo. You're now kind of changing the way that you do everything. So I think that'll be pretty smooth for the Ravens. Um, I'm not too worried about them kind of falling down. I'm worried about the Bengals, how well they're playing catching the Ravens. If you're like yeah. a, a Ravens division ticket holder like myself. Um, and the 49ers is interesting because I made a play in season on the Niners to win the division. I yeah. still think that's in good shape. It's more just like I was talking to a buddy this weekend, like who would you bet in the NFC? Who do you think is going to win the NFC? And it's like, well, the Bucks aren't good. They were supposed to be good. The NFC West is always a heavyweight division. They're not that good. Um, the Eagles are probably not as good as their record. The Vikings definitely aren't as good as their record. And I was like, well, I guess San Francisco. I just landed on San Francisco. And then, boom, Jimmy G breaks his foot. And now we got to see what this Brock Purdy rookie is all about. So, yeah, it was a, a wild weekend as always. Um, Ravens didn't cover the teaser legs. Mm. That's a takeaway. That was brutal. That was really brutal too. And um, stuck in mud. Yeah, and, 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 Jackson, and I mean, you got to think Lamar Jackson plays the game. And if we and, and we were talking too on the show, like that was like one of our more confident teaser legs, just because of what happened. If all things were even, then obviously the Ravens should have easily taken that game against the Broncos there. But that was probably our most confident one, and that was the one that really yeah. busted everything up. I mean, it's because the the analysis is that the Broncos can't score. Which right. they could, which, which held true. Right. We right. just left out the part where if Lamar Jackson hurts his knee and the Ravens can't score, then he, <laughs> we're screwed. And of course, it happened. Um, but we can. I don't. You know, we can talk. I guess last thing the the unders that we were talking about last week. Yeah, we did well with those. The Cleveland Houston under. Um, you know, easily got there. Was never really a threat of going over, and that's with the Cleveland defense and special teams doing helping yeah. to put plenty of points on the board as well and then uh one of my favorite wins of of the season maybe in in nfl because it's been such a tough nfl season commanders giants under 40 and a half amazing 2020 overtime everybody knows where unders go to die overtime survives it a nice 20 to 20 tie in the nfc east um that was a fun win that you're just like you know you give up on it's a loser and then yeah. it gets 
yeah, numerous opportunities for both teams to really kind of take the win from that game, but weren't able to capitalize. All right, we're going to talk to Johnny Avello. We're going to do our odds, our segment here, talk about what happened last week, looking forward to this week, and also some college football questions as well. So let's bring in our guy, Johnny Avello. All right, you hear the music, you know what that means. It is time for Odds Are with Johnny Avello of DK Sportsbook. Johnny, how we doing? Uh, doing well, guys. Thank you much. All right, so another wildly unpredictable week of NFL in the books. What were some of the bigger decisions that won money for DraftKings Sportsbook? It wasn't a blockbuster week for the house as far as win-loss, but the overall handle was really strong again. Uh, Chiefs Bengals was a very good result, uh, with the Chiefs spread of three and the money line of 150. Both, uh, took the majority of the money and we know that didn't get there. Um, and that was the highest betting game of the day with the exception of the late Colts Cowboys contest, mm. the isolated game. Uh, another game we did well on was the Dolphins Niners due to mo that was mostly Dolphins money line. How about some of the games in the NFL that cash tickets for the public? You mentioned that this wasn't a blockbuster week for the sports books. So the pub, that usually means the public did fairly well. Uh, what were some of those games that they, they did do well in? Jets at the Vikings were one of those. Um, we were heavy on the Jets most of the week, but on Sunday it was just all Viking money. Uh, the Jags at the Lions was one we took a pretty good bath on. Uh, it was one of the lower handles of the day, but most of the action, about 75%, was all on Detroit. Uh, and the over on that one was also smashed. That moved yeah. from 49.5 to 51.5. All right, so we're getting down the home stretch of NFL. Um, I thought it was week 13 as we started this podcast. It's week 14. We're really getting there. Um, are there any futures that you're starting to look at uh, from the book side or or the side of the betters um, that we're starting to that are starting to kind of take form? Um, you know, so for example, Bears win total, the under was one of the most bet wins when I, I wrote up some of the most bet win totals uh, just prior to Week One on DraftKings Playbook. I think the Bears opened seven and a half, got bet all the way down to a juiced six and a half or six. Um, and the Bears pretty much need to to win out for that one, not to win for the public. Are there are there any things that you're seeing start to take form on DK Sportsbook that you're like, wow, this is going to be a big win for the public or a big win for the house? Well, somebody's already determined. The betters played yeah. the Eagles over eight and a half and nine, so that was that one's a no doubter. Uh, the Jets have also cast. The Giants still need to win um, a game. Uh, Raiders need to win four to last five to get over that eight and a half. Nope. Uh, there are just so many others that can go either way with five games remaining. Um, in the futures market, though, the Bengals and the Cowboys were both popular, but the Niners who were taking uh, money each week, they were raised even though they won because of Jimmy G. You know what, guys? That's a really interesting movement of strange movement all year, the Niners. They were lowered when they lost their starting quarterback. You remember that? And who yep. who gets lowered when they lose their starting quarterback? And then they were raised after winning a game this week. So it's all about Jimmy G. He dicks, 
he dictates what that team's chances are. And then looking ahead to this upcoming week, uh, which games have taken the most money or seen the most movement in the early goings here? Uh, they like the Lions again. We opened Minnesota to favorite. Now the Lions are the two-and-a-half-point choice. Uh, the early play has been the Eagles at the Giants up from seven, uh, from six up to seven. They also like the Dolphins on the road over the struggling Chargers and the Bucks at the Niners getting over a field goal. All right, Johnny, uh, college football regular season is in the books as well as the conference championship uh, weekend. So can you tell us some of the win totals or conference winners um, that did the best for DraftKings Sportsbook? Uh, Florida, Oklahoma, Miami, Miami, Florida, Alabama, they were all positive ones for the house. Uh, For conferences. People were going over. So people were going over on Miami? Yeah. Yes, they were. Not even close. <laughs> it's too, what a what an awful season. Yeah. Um, for the conferences, TCU went into Big Twelve. Utah went into Pac Twelve. They were also both good. It was the Utes the- all along. Everybody knew that, even though I might have hedged a little bit on USC on Friday night. All right. How about some of the college football uh, futures that the public did cash on? Uh, Georgia wins. Uh, over and also the SEC winner that they were both winning, and then uh, Michigan over the total and uh, winner of the Big Ten. So that's two that got there for the public. Let me ask you this real quick: you didn't because you didn't mention Alabama in uh, what was good for the house and uh, their win total it opened ten and a half, but I remember it was minus one ninety on DK and closed like closer to minus three hundred. Just them not winning the division, them not getting into the college football playoff. I assume Alabama had to be a team, right? That yeah, Alabama not winning yeah. and getting there, or any Alabama in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, uh, I'm partially to blame for that one. Gave out a lot of Alabama plays on the future card, um, but we can put that in the rear view. It is bowl season now, and when these lines come out, they move fast. So much player movement. The new portal rules, the COVID year rules, um, it's its tough to track where these kids are going. And plus, kids will skip games, uh, bowl games, just to, to prep for the NFL draft, which obviously, if you're going to the NFL draft, you are a playmaker on your team. You, you matter when it comes to setting these numbers. So where has some of the money gone so far in these bowl games? What have you seen moving the most, Johnny, on DK Sportsbook? Boy, these, you're right. These are a little tricky. Yeah. Um, you know, to open the bowl season up, UTSA opened a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and now Troy's the one-point favorite, and still taking money. And this appears to be a very entertaining game, both teams with successful seasons. Uh, BYU opened a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Now SMU is the one-and-a-half-point choice. Um, Washington State opened a two-and-a-half-point chalk. And now the Mountain West champs, Fresno State, now the favorite. And how about this one, guys? Oregon State opened up six and a half, now ten and a half over the Florida Gators. That's here in the Las Vegas Bowl. Yep. Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback. Not playing. Going to the NFL. Yep. There's, your, there's your line move. And then for these college football playoffs, any uh, early money on any certain sides or even just to win it all? 
Well, they like Ohio State plus the six and a half, and there's no line movement on that whatsoever. Um, and TCU plus the nine uh, against Michigan, that's down to eight. Um, we're still in pretty good shape on these futures, but there's three weeks left for betting. And, you know, I would expect some pretty huge bets coming in on a few of these teams down the stretch. All right, Johnny. Well, I haven't gotten a chance to talk to you uh, since basketball season has started. So I got a couple NBA questions for you before we we wrap up. Are, have you noticed any any teams in, in NBA so far that betters have just fallen in love with to start the season? Because, like, for example, the Lakers were like the fade of all fades. Terrible. Now they're on an eight and two straight up and against the spread run. Things are changing fast in the NBA. You know, they still love Golden State, although they're, you know, the record's not good so far. Nope. Uh, but they, they know that that team is capable of putting it all together. And they still are trying to feel out, you know, the, the, the players on that team, but quality players there. They like Boston, certainly. Uh, you know, the Celtics had a nice run and they expect that to happen again. Um, and they also like the Bucks, so they're three teams that they've been on the, the whole season. Celtics were an underdog for the first time this season on Monday night, December fifth. It took them to be an underdog, and of course, they won outright on the second night of a back-to-back in Toronto. But my favorite trend in sports right now: the Celtics cashing the first half team total overs at home. I don't know if you've seen this one, Johnny, but their their offense, obviously by the numbers, is like historic. They went through a streak there. I think they've cashed every first-half team total over at home. Um, their lowest-scoring one was against Washington. They went through a streak here where they were playing Dallas is the best first-half defense in the NBA. They allow in the low 50s, dropped 70 on them. They put a 78 up. They put a 72 up. Um, I'm just curious if you've noticed, like, handle on this trend, if people are, are betting it and kind of what goes into Because a lot of these, I know against Miami, I think their team total was a 115. The first half was a 60 and a half. Have you noticed a lot of handle on this trend? Have you noticed, um, you know, the first half number being like, eh, maybe we should make this a couple points higher? Yeah, we certainly have. And I wish you would stay quiet about that, Jules. <laughs> nope. It's my job to bring these things to the attention of the people. <laughs> no, seriously, guys. If there's a trend happening, betters are all over it. And this one's no exception. So, yeah, they've been playing it. And for us, it's a bit slight adjustments. It's not major adjustments because we know that everything comes back and normalizes at some point. Well, I'm going to keep riding it until it does come back and normalize when this team gets home from their West Coast uh, road trip. Odds are with Johnny Avello. Thank you for uh, joining us. And I'll try and uh, zip my lip when it comes to NBA terms. <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking, Jules. We need the action. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Thank you, guys. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And thanks, as always, to Johnny Avello. That was Odds Are There, getting you some insight into what goes on onto the DraftKings Sportsbook. Now we're going to take a look a little bit at the board here. Of course, we always kind of delve deeper into the board on our Thursday podcast, so make sure you download that. We'll have a guest on. Uh, not sure, do we have one confirmed yet? I don't think we do as of yet. 
as we record. I don't know if it's confirmed, but somebody will. Don't worry, I always come through. There will be there will be a third man or woman in the booth when we do this here. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Quick thoughts on the board thus far. This is a great teaser week. We have not been able to say that. What I thought last week, and I lost my teaser. But this is a really solid uh, teaser week. We have not been able to say that much on the board this week. Uh, It starts off right with Thursday night. Raiders at Rams. Uh, Raiders are six-point favorites in this game here, which feels a little short to me, seeing how the Rams have been playing as of late. Uh, I know. I know, because you got the Raiders. Like now, all of a sudden, the Raiders win a few games, and now they got to go on a short week on the road. And now they're just like, oh, yeah, they should be favored by over a touchdown. Against a team that is absolutely positively decimated both offensively and defensively, I, I, I can get there. But that, but, but the, the reason I brought against, this up. What was the final score against the Seahawks? Well, to, so to be fair, the Seahawks were putrid to, be, to start that game. But they did end up coming back and win. I think they only won. I think they won by six off the top of my head. Uh, but the reason I brought this up was not necessarily to talk about the Raiders as six-point favorites. It's talking about the Raiders as a teaser leg to start this I week know, off. That's kind of where I was going for that with that one there. Um, Seahawks won 27-23. Okay. Seahawks don't have a good defense, but nor do these Raiders. Right. If you made me – if you gave me 50 bucks and said you got to bet it on this game, I'm taking the Rams plus six. Oh. I don't, I don't like that at all. Okay. I mean, there's no, there's, <laughs> that's, there's, that's, it's almost like we should debate it on a podcast, but there's no, there's no scenario that's in front of my face right now that I would want to back the Rams at all. They've shown nothing. No Cooper cup, no Allen Robinson. Who's we better, wait- the Raiders or the Seahawks? Straight up right now. Yeah. Neutral Seahawks. field Raiders, Seahawks. Who you got? Seahawks. Okay, so the Rams just lost to them by four at home. So now they can't lose by six or less at home on a short week to a team you think is worse? That's called poking holes in your argument. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I get it. I get it. But again, okay. I'm just I'm just sitting here talking about the Raiders as a teaser. Like, I'm not saying I want to take the Raiders on the money line I know, or anything I like know, that. I know, I know, I know. So, like, you're forcing me into an argument that I didn't even start. <laughs> I did. Okay. You're the one that brought this up, not me. That's what I do. Um, so I like using the Raiders as your first te- teaser leg as a week. It is is where right. I was going. That's where I was going with this one here because they okay. should win this game. Uh, they're minus two forty five on the money line this week against the Rams, who, as I mentioned, are just decimated offensively and defensively. Um, the carousel of quarterbacks that we've seen from them, whether it's Perkins or Wolford, is just it, it's it's been a it's been a nightmare for this team. Uh, and they also have one of the flimsiest offensive lines in the league with the amount of sacks that they've allowed this week as well. The Raiders aren't the strongest pass rushing team, but I don't feel like you even need to be a strong pass rushing team to get pressure on the quarterback for the Rams at this point. So starting off Thursday with the Raiders as a teaser leg, but Sunday is really where all of these like really appealing teaser legs come from after that. Like you can get the Vikings up to eight and a half. You can get the Eagles down to one. You can get the Bengals down to a pick. Like there's a lot of really solid teaser legs that you can take from here. Uh, even getting the chiefs down to three against the Broncos. Like there's so many ways you can go um, this week. Was there any that kind of jumped out at you? Um, 
by the way, that you can get the Texans up to plus 23. <laughs> Don't do that. That's so uh, ridiculous. I know, I know. It's just so ridiculous. Go ahead. Don't do that. I don't, I guess it doesn't jump out to me quite as much as you. Um, the Chiefs are at nine as we record. If they were eight and a half, I would do what I did with the Ravens again. I'm not afraid to go back yeah. to it and have Chiefs minus two and a half against Denver. Um, you could get, <laughs> we were just talking about this. When's the last time Tom, I want to look this stat up. Maybe one of us will try and tweet it out. When, yeah. when, if ever, the last time Tom Brady was an underdog to a rookie quarterback. As he is I, in can't, I can't so, think, I really can't think that there was 30. a scenario where he was. It probably is a no, uh, right? Because they, I mean, him and Belichick beat every rookie quarterback put in front of him right ever so it's not like like they rarely lost maybe they i think they lost to like mark sanchez but like they were never an underdog in any of those games right um yeah it's probably gonna be a no this might be a first but we'll we'll tweet it out with the podcast um tampa's three and a half at san francisco you can get tom brady in a teaser plus nine and a half right i don't know the way that offense is looking but I don't, that's a game we're going to learn something from one way or another, it feels like. Um, real quick, though, real quick. Now, Brady has historically struggled against the Saints. The Saints have been like one of the only teams that have consistently played well against him. Right. Would you take that into consideration more from what you saw last night, or do you think the 49ers no, will do the same? Normally, I would take it into consideration more, but I've seen him struggle against yeah. the Rams, against the Browns last week. Like, this Bucks team just doesn't – isn't what we thought they were going to be, even if they're going to win this division and make the playoffs. And then when they win the division and make the playoffs, I don't think anybody's going to want to play Tom Brady anyway. Yeah. So anything can happen from there. But yeah. clearly they're not going to be the regular season team that we thought they would be. Um, but this is a good learning spot to see them on the road against, yep. you know, potentially the best defense in the NFL. Uh now, if they win the game 10-7 to 7 because San Francisco just can't score with Brock Purdy, that's one thing. If they if they win the game, you know, 27-24, to 24, Tampa this is, then maybe we learn something like, oh, okay, they can dig deep and beat a good team on the road. Um, I don't see much on the Sunday board, obviously. I'm, I'm almost more intrigued by the Monday night and Thursday night game when it comes to bets even though they're not the best games. But the one game that I want to make sure to just talk about is one that Johnny said, we've got the 10-2 and two Minnesota Vikings yeah. who have a plus 10-point differential on the season. They're 10-2, and two and they've outscored their opponents, opponents over 12 games by 10 total points. Right. Open as slight favorites in Detroit. They moved to one-point dogs. And then Tuesday morning, as I was on um a show i saw this move from to one and a half to two to two and a half lions favored two and a half at home they've what have the lions lions are four and one in the last five games five and oh against the spread in those games they're nine and two against the spread at home over their last 11 at home which obviously dates back to last season when they got some momentum at the end of the year Total 53. I don't, if I was going to bet this game, I wish I got it earlier and just took like Detroit in the pick because I think Detroit is the correct sharp side. Like Minnesota is going to run out of steam a little bit. Yeah. But I don't hate over 53 in this game. Like 30 to 24 cashes that for you. The Lions yeah. at home indoors put up points. They dropped 40 on Jacksonville, who is an under team. 
last week. Um, and the Vikings have been putting up points and they play in hor- a horrible Lions defense. They like Kirk Cousins in this offense, obviously like being indoors. Best of luck to the Lions secondary with Justin Jefferson. Uh, I like over 53 in this Minnesota-Detroit game and lean to Detroit for the side. Yeah, that game against the Jaguars was expected to also be a very big over. I, mean, I think the line closed at it was it 51, 51 and a half. I think it went um, to 51 and a half after opening 49, maybe. Yeah, I know it got steamed up very quickly. Um, um, and and Detroit scored 40. Right. Now, which, are, which I was going to say. Go ahead. Now, which was going to be my point here is that, you know, it did get there. But it was because of the Lions putting up 40. Uh, the Jaguars were just really anemic on, on offense, which was well, strange because but this the thing been... is, I don't, I, I think this might, that may be a little bit of a fluke because they put up the 14 points, but that's like, you know, Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, looks kind of bad. He comes yeah. back. Like, you know, maybe the flow just wasn't there. Um, whereas like Minnesota, in division, in a building they know well, a team that likes to play indoors. Like, I'm pretty confident in both teams putting up points in this game. Yeah. Um, so 53 and a half, that's obviously the highest total on the board, as you would imagine. It's the only game, uh, aside from Sunday night, that has a total of over 50 points last week. Is it 53 um, and a half now? It is 53 and a half, yep. Jeez. Yep. Just looking at 53. <laughs> uh, but last week, we I saw just a lot. the boat on the, whatever I wanted in this game. Yep, 53 and a half. Man. But All last right. week we saw a lot of these uh, high totals. There was three games, I believe it was, uh, during the regular Sunday slate that had a total of over 50 points. So a little bit of a lesser, uh, um, uh, higher totals here for the game total for this week here. But I think this is going to be a really strong sides uh, week that we can talk about. And again, we'll talk about this more in depth on Thursday here. But I think I'm definitely going to be firing off some teasers more than usual this week. Um, you know, we're a big teasing, teasing podcast. Really haven't been able to do that efficiently. Some of us used to be big on teasing on this podcast well it's been a brutal week a, a brutal season it's been a brutal season because Last i mean it was great and yep. the teasers just like it's not like we've been we've been forcing them either like we kind of said from the beginning of the season like oh not as many good teaser spots yeah so i, I bet I've bet a fraction of the teasers that i bet last year oh for but sure still, no they're doubt not doing well, they're not doing well no doubt. Um, so we'll go more in, in depth into this board as we talk about everything here on Thursday with the guests, as we mentioned here. Uh, just I quick. Hope... Er... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say just a couple of quick early leans uh, from me. Uh, I do like the Bengals minus six against the Browns. Uh, again, that score is vastly different. It had nothing to do with Deshaun Watson. And this is kind of what we were talking about, too. Uh, Deshaun Watson did not look ready. Uh, he did run the ball, I think it was seven times in that game. So he is elite. There are at least incorporating that into the offense. But I mean, this score would have looked so vastly different if it wasn't for the number of turnovers the Browns are able to generate. Um, and I think that, you, you know, just looking at the score, you would think, oh, you know, the Browns' offense is gone. No, they had, that offense was not putting up the points there, whereas the Bengals have just been humming offensively, coming off a huge win against the Chiefs. So I like the minus six against the Browns right off the bat. Um, did, you and know then, that, did you know that Joe Burrow is undefeated against the Chiefs in his career and has never beaten the Browns? Yep, 0-5 against the Browns, I think he is, in his career. Maybe he's due. I don't like – I never bet on someone being due, but the man is due. The man, the man is due. Uh, and then again, I'm probably going to be rolling with the Steelers again, minus two and a half against the Ravens. Obviously, like you mentioned, if there's a best, one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league is Huntley, because 
He basically is Lamar Jackson Jr. with how he plays his style of gameplay. But again, uh, this Steelers defensively, they have just been so strong uh, getting pressure on the quarterback, limiting the offensive uh, plays downfield. I like him again. I, I did not think I would be, end up being a Steelers stand this late into the season, but they've yeah. really looked good over the past month. And I think I'm going to continue to ride that wave against the Ravens at whole, excuse me, in Pittsburgh this week. Yep. Um, the only thing that I've bet so far is going all the way to the Monday night game. <clears throat> I took the Patriots minus 120 money line in Arizona. It's minus 125 now. I think that's fine. That'll be in my best bets article when I get it out this week. Um, so Pat's money line in Arizona. I just think, you know, you got back-to-back losses on a Thursday um, against Buffalo and in Minnesota on on Thanksgiving. Uh, you couldn't score against the Jets. People are really down on this offense, and with a lot of good reason. There's a lot of problems. But now you get off from Thursday all the way through Monday. That's like almost a bye week to get ready for this Cardinals team that has not been good at home, that is not well coached, and that has a poor defense. So I think yeah. – offensively for the Patriots, this spot is going to be a lot like the Minnesota Thanksgiving game indoors on the road, plenty of time to prep for it against a bad defense and a bad coach. I think the Patriots are going to put up points in this game like they did in Minnesota. What I don't think will happen is that, you know, the Vikings got the better of the Patriots offensively. I think this Patriots offense will be ready for, uh, for this Arizona offense and make some plays defensively. So I do think this is a bounce back spot for the Patriots in a game. They kind of have to win because then you're on the road short week in Vegas against a game that means a lot to Josh McDaniels. And uh, you know, if you come out of there six and eight uh, your season's pretty much over. So I think they want to get to seven and six, win this game in Arizona and then figure out the Vegas game. There are, there's one reason why I'm not going to be backing the Patriots for any reason moving forward. You know, they stink. Well, there's that, but why do they stink? Coaching? Correct. Matt Patricia. Can't have it. Can't have it. Not get back in them. You say they're going to be ready offensively? No, they're not. No, they're not. They showed up in Minnesota. They can score. In a a game like this, they can score. They showed up against Minnesota because Minnesota is one of the biggest fraud teams in the league. So is Arizona. Particularly at home. The Cardinals are not a fraud team. They're exactly what they are. Well, right. They're not good. Right. But the Patriots aren't either, especially when it comes to the offense. Yeah, I mean, and that's why the Patriots were underdogs in Minnesota and they're favored in Arizona. I'll take under 44 if I'm going to take anything. Okay. That's going to be, that'll be the play in that one there. And we're going to be giving out all of our plays on the next podcast coming up on Thursday. So make sure to tune in, uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, download whatever it is, Twitter. Cool. Podcast will be somewhere. You get to listen. You'll get our place. That's going to do it for this Tuesday edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. With Julian Edlow, I'm Steve Buchanan. We will talk to you all on Thursday. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.